For decades, China has sought reunification with Taiwan, which it regards as a breakaway province. While China would prefer to achieve this peacefully, it has consistently refused to rule out the use of force to achieve it. Until now, a lack of Chinese military capabilities and US support for Taiwan has made any thought of invasion impossible. However, advancements in Chinese military capabilities have forced many to reevaluate this assumption. Hello, I'm Alex Smith, regional analyst here at Intelligence Fusion, and this is The Insight. On this episode of The Insight, we'll be taking a look at recent military and diplomatic signalling in cross-strait relations, and some of the advancements made by the People's Liberation Army with the possible eye towards reunification with Taiwan. As always, if you like our content, please like, share and subscribe. Background Ever since the end of the Civil War in 1949 and the retreat of Kuomintang forces to the island of Taiwan, Beijing has regarded the island as a breakaway province. Taiwan has been has ruled itself largely as a de facto independent state. China has not ruled out the use of force to achieve reunification with Taiwan. And while derided as the million man swim for many years, recent advancements in Chinese weapons capabilities, PLA organisation um, and doctrine training has made this a far more achievable goal than it used to be. Ever since the uh, 1996 Taiwan Strait crisis, where China was effectively shown to be incapable of really putting military pressure on Taiwan due to their support from the United States, Beijing has has redoubled its efforts, pushing military innovation, streamlining and reforming the People's Liberation Army from a large lumbering beast into a world-class military. Today, Taiwan is self-governing, but and fully-fledged democracy with an important part in many global supply chains, most notably in the areas of semiconductor and microchip production, producing cutting-edge technology that is used by some of the big tech companies, from the US's Tesla to China's Huawei. So what are these Chinese military advancements? Well, with an eye on the possible forceful reunification with Taiwan, much of the attention has been taken by the People's Liberation Army Navy and the People's Liberation Army Rocket Force. Naval building programmes have seen dozens of new destroyers and frigates come online in recent years. For example, in April 2020, China launched its second aircraft carrier, the indigenously built Shandong. In August of 2020, we saw Dongfeng 21D and 26B missile tests launched into the sea near the Paracel Islands. These are so-called carrier-killing missiles that are part of a broader spectrum of A2AD or anti-access area denial weapons that China's really been pushing in a bid to isolate any possible theatre and really push its effective range against basically US naval assets in the area. In October of last year, a hypersonic glide vehicle variant of the Dongfeng-17 anti-ship ballistic missile was seen, mounted to an H-6 bomber. More recently, on January 29th, the third of three Type 75 assault carriers was seen launched in its Shanghai dockyard. Thanks to these building programmes, China now has not only a huge stockpile of, of a variety of different missiles, but the largest navy in the world. Admiral Philip Davidson, the US commander of the Indo-Pacific, in a recent briefing, 
said that he believed China would be capable of taking Taiwan by force within six years, a claim that Chinese Foreign Minister spokesman Zhao Lijian has dismissed as merely scaremongering to justify greater US military budgets and, and presence in the area. Developments in 2020 and 2021. As I said earlier, relations between the US, China and Taiwan have always been, have been governed for decades under the idea of the one China policy. This is something that Beijing in particular clings to. Over the last few months and, and year or more, there's been a number of developments that Beijing will probably see as eroding this, this convention. Um, to begin with, in January of 2020, Tsai Ing-wen, the president, was re- president of Taiwan and leader of the DPP, which is the pro-independence party, to put it slightly crudely, was returned for a second term as president. Following that, relations with the then Trump administration had some hiccups throughout the year. Trump hits China with sanctions um, that have hit manufacturing, most notably in, for example, the semiconductor market. Um, And in October, the Trump administration approved a $1.8 billion US arms sales to Taiwan, which further angered Beijing. In November, Secretary of State Pompeo said in an interview that Taiwan, quote, has not been a part of China. And then he followed that up in January by removing restrictions on all interactions between US and Taiwanese represent- diplomatic representatives. From the view from Beijing, that could look like a, a dangerous erosion of the One China policy. Also in 2020, a number of US ships transited through the Straits of Taiwan, which is really a, a diplomatic signal to, uh, to China that the, about the US resolve to freedom of navigation of the seas and also its, its, def- its ambiguous defence commitment to Taiwan. In August and October, the US sent destroyers through the Strait of Taiwan and then again sent two in December, on December 19th and 31st. Any hopes that Beijing may have had for a, for a reset of relations with the new Biden administration got off to a bad start. When Taiwan's representative and de facto ambassador to Washington was invited to Joe Biden's inauguration um, and it actually attended, being the first Taiwanese representative to do so since 1979. Since then, the US State Department has actually described its commitment to Taiwan as being, quote, rock solid. On top of all this, Beijing knows that the public opinion in Taiwan has very much turned against unification with the mainland, with a vast majority of Taiwanese citizens not identify many not identifying as Chinese, but rather as Taiwanese and having little or no desire to be reunified with the mainland. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi recently warned the Biden administration over the issue of Taiwan, saying that there will be no room for compromise or concessions. What have we seen from China? From January, China began to signal its displeasure with a number of military manoeuvres, most notably flying planes into the air defence identification zone that Taiwan maintains. Now, that's a daily occurrence almost. Um, and China will, most days, China will send at least one plane into that area, normally an intelligence gathering or an anti submarine. These activities saw a significant uptake um, around sort of the end of January. Um, we saw on January 29th and 31st, we saw six and then seven planes entering the near the Dongsha region. 
um, 4 on January the 4th. Um, these reached a peak around January the 23rd and 24th when 12 and then 15 planes were sent in to test Taiwanese air defences and response times. Um, these weren't just spy planes this time. They involved also air dominance fighters such as the J-10 and the J-16. Part of the rationale for this, as well as signalling what China's intents were and obviously testing Taiwanese air defence, a way of overwhelming Taiwanese air defence and really trying to put pressure on their maintenance regimes, ground crews, flight time of aircraft, that sort of thing. We also saw the deployment of the Dongfeng-26 anti-ship ballistic missile to the Qinzhou region of China on around January the 21st. Um, it's the first time that this missile has been deployed to that area and it could theoretically hit some US bases in Japan. Um, now, there's been a lot of controversy around this missile. Um, it's it's billed as an anti-ship ballistic missile. Some people don't think it's it's capable of actually functioning in that role. Others believe that it, it could be a carrier killer that could completely change the the force dynamics in the region as it would really change the calculation on whether uh, whether the US were willing to send their carrier groups into Taiwan um, if any if any crisis should actually occur. In terms of US response, on January the 23rd, the Theodore Roosevelt carrier group transited through the Bashi Channel into the South China Sea. That's the first time that a US carrier has transited th through that part of the world for about 12, 13 years. Um, once it reached the South China Sea, it hooked up with, with another US carrier, the Nimitz, and they carried out a number of um, combat training exercises. This, of course, drew the ire of China, who who likes to point at these incidents as examples of how the US is the real threat to peace and stability in the region. Insights. A Chinese invasion of Taiwan remains highly unlikely. Despite significant advances in military technology and capability, a full-scale invasion of Taiwan by China is still a long way off. China prefers to use cultural and economic and political influence to try and bring about a peaceful reunification. Even tensions can still have a significant impact. While any attempt to take the island by force is likely a long way off, China, there are a number of other things China could do if the political situation allowed for it, such as putting pressure on outlying islands that belong to Taiwan, or even blockading the island, which would cause huge, potentially huge disruption to supply chains. US policy will be key. Whether Joe Biden decides to continue the acrimonious policies that was put under the Trump administration or seek a more conciliatory tone with China will likely set the, set the stage for the rest of his administration. We've already seen tough talk from both Washington and Beijing, but the next few months will tell us if that sets the tone for US-China relations going forward. Thank you very much for watching, and goodbye. Here at Intelligence Fusion, we find, monitor, and analyze incidents across the world from our 24-7 operations center. We use the intelligence cycle and military principles to provide actionable insight into the global security landscape. To take a closer look at the data behind our assessment, or to see how your business could benefit from a tailored intelligence feed, click on the link in the podcast description.